of the book of St. Matthew's 13th chapter and verse 44. 13 and 13 and 44. 13 and 44. St. Matthew's. All right, we're just going to only deal with this one verse tonight. Just one verse tonight. So I said, oh my, we're going to be done by seven o'clock. Okay. Uh, St. Matthew 13 and 44. Look what it says. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth the field. That's the whole parable, just in that one verse. (laughs) That's the whole parable. So tonight we're going to talk about the parable of the hidden treasure the parable of the hidden treasure. Now, of course, we know that, and I always open up with this when I talk about the parables of Jesus, we understand that that a parable is a natural, it's an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. And that's the way that Jesus taught his disciples. Now, once again, when you look at this 13th chapter, all right, when you look at this 13th chapter, Jesus is now talking to his disciples. Now you remember prior to this, up until verse 33, he was talking to the public. So verse 1 through 33, he's talking to the public. But then when you look at verse number 36, he now goes into the house. He sends the multitude away. So the crowd is gone, and now he goes into the house, and he began to teach his disciples, okay? And so now he's he's teaching them about the parable, the story of the treasure that was hidden in a field. Now, the emphasis throughout this parable uh, is on the value of, of the kingdom of heaven and of heavenly matters. That's what this parable deals with, is the value of the kingdom of heaven and of heavenly matters. He wants us to put value on heavenly spiritual matters. Now, when you look at the the, the kingdom of heaven, uh, uh, when you look at the kingdom of heaven, it actually means the same thing as the kingdom of God. All right. And when you speak of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, you 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 speak of eternal life and salvation. So anytime you speak of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, understand that we're speaking of eternal life and salvation. Because each and one of these, each and every one of these parables Really, when you look at it, it deals with eternal life and salvation. When you get to the bottom of the when you get to the bottom of the story, now it's interesting that uh, the, the the parable of the treasure 
uh, it probably have three or four different interpretations. And so I didn't want to get into all of the different uh, interpretations, because as you study the word of God and read the word of God and begin to dig deep, my God, it becomes quite interesting. <clears throat> but out of all of the interpretations of this parable, I come to the conclusion that the Bible does not contradict itself because when you get through, it all leads back to eternal life and salvation. <laughs> it's just that, you know, people have their different interpretations about how you get there. But when it's when it's all said and done, that's what it leads to. So let's keep that in our minds as I go through this lesson. The value of the value of the kingdom of heaven, the value of eternal life, the value of salvation. That's what we're dealing with. All right. All right. And so let's get let's dig into it so we can get right through this tonight. And so the th first three things that we're going to discuss here tonight or talk about tonight is we're going to talk about the fortune in the treasure and then we're going to talk about the finding of the treasure. And then we're going to deal with the funding for the treasure. All of that is in that one verse. The fortune, the finding, and, and the funding. All right. The fortune, I want y'all to write that down. The fortune, the findings, and the funding. Let's deal, let's deal first with the fortune in the treasure. <clears throat> All right. The fortune in in the treasure. Look back at verse 44. Look like that might be the only verse. That's going to be the only verse you're going to glance at. So don't worry. You're going to have to flip and turn tonight. But when you look at, when you look at the fortune that's in the, in the treasure, it says, of course, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure. Now, the word translated treasure means something precious. Treasure means something precious. And so the kingdom of heaven is something of great value. And this says to us that spiritual matters are much more important than secular matters. I'm going to say that again. As believers, we must understand that spiritual matters, the things of God, are much more important than secular matters, than the things of this world. That's the reason why he called us out of darkness. All right. And he placed us into this marvelous light, okay? Because we understand how valuable, you might want to write this down, the valuable fortune as well as the veiled 
fortune, the valuable fortune. The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasures, something that's valuable. Spiritual matters are valuable. That's the reason why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, that's the first thing we should be seeking. We should be seeking spiritual matters. Oh, could you imagine if we sought after spiritual matters as much as we do secular matters, worldly matters? He said, well, he made a promise to us that if we seek first the kingdom of God, then what all these things, things, the things we work so hard for, the things we stress over, the things we go in debt for, the things we worry about. He said, you wouldn't have to do all that if we put more emphasis on the value of the kingdom. Because he said, then he'll add anything that's added, you don't have to work for. Anything that's added, you don't stress over. I don't think there's anybody that's on here tonight that if your boss added another $1,000 to your paycheck on the next pay period, I don't think you're going to worry about that too much. I don't think you're going to stress. In fact, you're going to say, hallelujah. You're going to say, thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all going to dance. You ain't danced in a year, but you're going to dance because that's secular. But anytime you add something, there's no stress that comes along with the with the addition. And so he says that if we would just put more emphasis and understand the true value, all right, eternal life is something that's precious. And then when you look at the veiled fortune, it was a veiled. And what we mean by veil, we mean it was covered. We mean it was hidden. Uh, that same verse says, it says, like unto treasure hid in a field. Now, 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 the value of the treasure is not apparent to the world. The world don't know about this treasure. And the reason they don't know about the treasure is because it's hid, it's hidden. It's 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 hidden from the world. Uh, 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 had not Jesus taken them into the house, the world wouldn't have understood exactly what uh, he was talking about. And the reason why it's hidden huh, from the world is because they value secular things, but not spiritual things. They do not perceive values or spiritual understanding. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is, 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 is spirit. Write, write this scripture down. It's one that we quote so much and oftentimes we misquote it. First Corinthians 2 and 9. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things, watch this, 
which God hath prepared for them that love him. I, I, I want you to get this, which God hath prepared. In other words, planned, arranged for them that love him. Now, we, you know, I'm guilty too, because, you know, sometimes I tell y'all, you ain't seen nothing yet. Your eyes haven't seen what is true, what I'm saying. But oftentimes people take it in a, in a, in a materialistic way. Now, honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. You thought that two-bedroom he blessed you with, you ain't seen nothing yet. He can ready to bless you with a five-bedroom. Okay. That two-door car ain't nothing. He 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 going to bless you with four doors. No, you're gonna have eight doors on your car, because that's the way they try to build this up. <laughs> but but I, I have to bring that out because that's why he said it that you I have not seen, because the leaders in the day of Christ they rejected him. Uh, uh their rejection symbolizes exactly what most Leaders have done and always will do. Reject him. The world stands guilty before God, guilty of rejecting his wisdom. Now, now write that scripture down because I want you to um, uh, uh, read the whole thing as well as Romans. Write it down. The third chapter. Verses nine through 19. Because the leaders of the world, watch this, they had never seen nor heard the truth. The truth has never been entered into their heart. All right. How do we know? How do we know? How do, how do we know this? We know it because the truth of God is the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. That's what that scripture means. <laughs> and so the truth and wisdom of God is the riches of his glory and grace. It ain't no car. It's not a house. It's it's the riches of his glory and grace, which he sent into the world through his son, Christ Jesus. It's the most glorious wealth and benefits that come with it that we could ever imagine. Neither have it appeared unto the hearts of men what good things. We can't even imagine it. We can't imagine the glorious wealth and the glorious benefits. <laughs> I'm referring to the benefits that comes along with knowing Jesus. Well, pastor, what kind of benefits are we talking about? We're talking about joy in the midst of sadness. That's a benefit. Ah, uh, I'm still talking about a treasure. See, y'all, that's what the treasure is. Th th that's what the treasure is. Go get a job if you want this other stuff. I'm trying to let you know what the treasure is. Okay? Joy in the midst of sadness. Peace in the midst of confusion. Being able to claim healing in the midst of sickness. Come on, y'all. <laughs> That's 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 the benefits, okay, that we're referring to. He came, he came to earth to reveal the truth about man and the world. And what is the truth? The truth is that man and his world had been created in perfection, but man has 
corrupt himself and the world. And therefore, because man from the very beginning corrupt the world, we all were born in sin and we were shaped in iniquity on our way to eternal hell and damnation. But thank God for Jesus. <laughs> Somebody ought to say, thank God for Jesus. Yeah, and so what a tragedy, what a tragedy, what a tragedy to not be able to perceive the value of the most important things in life, and that is spiritual matters. Everything else we're dealing with, everything that we think is of value, Paul puts it this way. <laughs> that is Paul. Paul said is it is as dung. Boo-boo. Now that's what Paul says. I didn't say it. <laughs> Come on. Basically, Paul says it stinks in comparison to. Come on, I'm trying to help us here. Especially as we live in the last of the church age. And, and, and especially since Jesus is soon to come, when we talk about getting our priorities right and together, we've been saying it long enough, it's time that we now do it and understand that spiritual matters, and anybody that don't understand that spiritual matters are more important than secular matters, he's basically saying to you, 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 don't, you, 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 you don't get it. You don't know. You you have not found the treasure. You still out there digging in the field. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a message. When are you going to get tired of digging in the field? Now, don't nobody try to preach that or sneak that in any of your lessons. That belongs to me. All right? So let's move on here. So the man, he, 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 that is the fortune that we're speaking of in regards to the treasure. So then look, notice something. Let's deal with the finding. The finding of the treasure. The finding of the treasure. It's right there in verse 44. But here's what we're going to deal with when we deal with the finding. We're going to deal with, number one, the providence in the finding. We're going to deal with the perceiving in the finding. And then we're going to deal with the protection in the finding. The text says, the which when a man hath found, he found the treasure. What is the providence in the finding? <laughs> When we deal with providence, most of the time we deal with divine intervention. I know many of us have testimonies that we could unmute and we could testify tonight. We could testify tonight about the providential hand of God. And, and, and what y'all need to understand is when you walk in the spirit and you live in the spirit, what you need to understand is that the provident, providential hand of God is nothing mysterious. You don't have to be in an airplane and, and, and the provident hand of God hold the airplane up. Sometimes God just God does sometimes little things 
And you have to acknowledge that that's the hand, that that's the providential hand of God. Look at it. Look at it. The finding of this treasure was not because the man was hunting for a treasure. He wasn't even looking for the treasure. But simply, he came upon the treasure in a providential way. Now, what's this? What does this illustrate to us? This illustrates how a person comes to salvation. Think about it. The person is not looking for salvation. He is a lost sheep that's gone astray. Write down Isaiah 53 and 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. They're not thinking about salvation. And that's the reason why I ask you what some of the small things, what some of the small things we could do. And, and, and somebody may mention a business card. Somebody may mention of passing out invitation, uh, information. They may not even be thinking about God and gets a doorknobber, a door hanger. That's what they call Get a door hanger that says, Jesus loves you. Come on. It don't say come out your sin. Stop this. Stop that. No, 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 no. Take that off. Put that on. Okay. Just Jesus loves you. That person can go to walk out of the house and be despondent and crying and feel that nobody loves them. And just that one little message that Jesus loves you would prick their heart, touch their lives. And cause them to want to find out, number one, why would anybody love me? Number two, how can he love me and he don't know me? And then that would be the opportunity for us to share that, yes, Jesus loves you. Not only does he love you, but he died for your sins. Uh, Y'all follow me here? That's That's the providential hand of God upon that person's life. This man was not looking for looking for the treasure, but yet he found it. And so God in his providence, he brings the gospel to the lost person so that the person can be saved. Come on, when you got saved, let me tell y'all something, if you be honest, you some of us wasn't even thinking about God or changing your ways. Some of y'all, when you was witness to say, okay, not now. You, you was like King Agrippa. You almost persuaded me. Now, honey, I got to go to the club on Saturday night. Maybe I'll pick it back up on Sunday. You almost persuaded me. Well, here, here, here's, here's the thing. Thank God even for the almost. Thank God for almost. Because when you're almost, you're a little closer than no. Y'all ain't listening to me. I, I, if I ask you for $500, you say maybe. I got hope. Because there's a chance that maybe Sister Carla going to give me that 500 but if I ask Carter for 500 and she say no, then my, my hope is then gone. And so let's, we'll, we'll take the almost for right now. Because the bottom line is, unless God does the work, it ain't nothing we can do anyhow. Somebody say amen. Let me see your lips move. Say amen. So that is, that's, that's the providence, the finding emphasis, the grace of God in salvation. That that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And nobody comes to him unless he does the drawing. He has to draw. Now, that don't mean we don't that don't mean we don't plant the seed. 
but it's through the seed that he draws. That's the providential hand of God. Let me move on so I can get finished. Then I said, we're going to deal with the perceiving, the perceiving in the finding. When I say perceiving, I'm speaking of the recognizing, the, the sensing, the realizing. All right. He, 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 he had to realize what he had found. <laughs> Let me say that again. He had to realize, he had to recognize exactly what he had found. Okay. You know, somebody said one man's junk. Maybe another man's treasure. You see these auctioneers. I like to watch these auction shows. And these people find this stuff or, 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 or somebody give them something and they think it ain't worth nothing. And, and I like to see when they take it in. I like to see the, the auctioneer guy, the guy that works at the auction house, when he knows the value of what that person is holding. And then, and then he knows that that person don't know the real value. His eyes light up. <laughs> They go in the back, him and his son. They don't talk in front of the customer. They go in the back and talk among themselves. How much they going to offer this guy? Because they know how much more they're going to be able to get for it. This man, through the providential hand of God, was able to perceive uh, exactly what he had found. All right? So unlike so many, unlike so many, this man perceived the value of the treasure. And guess what? He acted accordingly. Look at verse 44. You ain't got to look at no other verse. So you can't say you got confused. It's right there. Just look at that same verse. When a man has found, look what he does. First thing he does is he hideth. And then he selleth all that he hath. And he buys the field. Uh-oh. Now this is, I'm a, now the Bible don't contradict itself. Watch this, watch this. Bible don't contradict itself. But notice, notice, go back, go back. Hallelujah. He finds uh, treasure in the field. Now he hides it. The reason why he hides it is because it ain't his field. <laughs> Watch this. Uh, he wouldn't have to buy the field if it was his field. Am I right? Sister Larry don't have to rebuy her house. Huh? Now, if I knew that there was something up in her attic and she was selling the house, and I knew she had $2 million that somebody else left in the house in the attic, and I discovered that $2 million, I'd want to buy the house. Y'all ain't talking to me. <laughs> All right, and so he recognizes what he has come upon. Then look at the protection. That's where the protection come in at, is when he hides it. All right, then he goes out and he sells everything he has. Now, you have to understand that in Jesus' day, it was common practice to hide treasure and valuables by burying them in the ground. Now, we got some people that weren't even in Jesus' day, but I knew a couple of preachers that, they didn't go to the bank. They would go in their backyard and dig a hole and put all their money in the backyard. I know this for a fact. And I know they used to do it because when the man died, they were out digging in his backyard and found all kind of money. That man knew exactly where he put that money to. <laughs> he, 
He didn't trust the banks. But in Jesus' days, that was that was common. Okay? Uh, the earth was the safest place to hide one's valuables. All right? For example, in the parable of the talents, the unprofitable servant, what did he do? The one that only had one talent. He said, I hid my one talent. I buried it. Because he wanted to present something back, even though it was wrong. All right. But he, in order for him not to lose it, in order for nobody to steal it, what did he do? He hid it in the earth. Now, now I want you to understand this part, because this part of the parable, we ain't going to press this part so much in regards to a spiritual application beyond the general meaning of the parable. Because I know some of y'all like to keep on studying and keep on digging. And so I have to put this statement in there. We don't want to go beyond uh, uh, the general meaning of the parable. Because my personal opinion, and Yoga, we can unmute for just a few seconds and y'all can just kind of give your own opinion on my next statement. I feel that what the man did here was not ethical. Watch what I just said. It wasn't ethical what he did. He should have told the owner of the field about the treasure. Uh Uh-oh. Well, let me ask you, what would you have done? (laughs) Come on. I'm trying to get done here. What would you have done? It's not your your field. Yeah. Would you save them? You really don't have no choice. I'm rich. We talking about before I'm saved because I'm rich now. I don't care. I'm buying people houses at this point. Pastor, I'm giving my tithes. Don't laugh at me. I'm paying my tithes. Oh, that's all right. I want you to get the gist of the parable. (laughs) But you know what, Pastor? I know a preacher, and you know him too that was working for some folks out in Coronado and they were asked to clean out a storage. This lady, wealthy lady asked him to clean out storage and he found a whole lot of money in there and he kept it. Kept the money. He ended up divorced and a lot of stuff fell apart after that, but he sure kept that money. Wasn't worth it. I know we talking about the same person. Yes, sir. I know. Wasn't worth it. It was not ethical for that man. It was not his. Okay? It was not his. Come on, that was like that time I went to the ATM. And I was just rushing. It was it was dark. And I don't recall putting my card in, but what I did see on the screen was how much money did you want? So I punched $300. $300 came out, the receipt came out. And then the card came out. It wasn't my card. Uh-oh. I didn't say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God's providential hand is upon me. He's using this ATM to be a blessing to me. No, saints. I came right home. It was a Bank of America card. I called Bank of America, Bank of America gave them the card number. They ain't got they got in touch with the guy. The guy called me. He said he had just left the ATM probably 15 minutes before I got there. He lived here in Spring Valley. Where are we gonna meet? We met back 
down at the 7-Eleven. I gave him his card and his $300. He did say thank you. You know, me. The carnal man said he should have gave me something. I could have had the whole 300 <laughs> But no. When I gave him the 300 and gave him his card back, I felt good. I felt saved. Y'all ain't going to help me. I felt like I did a good deed. So when you look at it on that standpoint, it was not ethical what the man did because it did not belong to him. Okay? When you find money, when you find something, try to discover who lost that money because you know what? I would have hated to lose $300 because I walked away unintentionally from an ATM machine. You have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. All right? But the purpose of the parable, thank God, is not ethics. That ain't the purpose of this parable. But to show the value of the kingdom and spiritual matters. Okay? To show the the value of. Now, this man, watch this. Uh Uh-oh. Thank you, Jesus. This man acting unethical did not take away from the value of the treasure. Don't miss that. Even though the treasure was hidden, it still had its value. It still had its value. So, 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 so the protecting of the treasure simply emphasizes the fact that the man saw how valuable the treasure was. We need to have great value for spiritual matters. So he he finds it. Mm, I'm in another man's field. Uh Uh-oh, I don't want him to see me. So I'm going to hide it. Then what did the Bible say? That man goes and he sells everything he has. So what he's doing now, he's funding the treasure. He got to come up with some money. He's got to come up with some money in order to buy this treasure. Anybody ever had to come up with some money to buy something? You you know how hard it is sometimes. (laughs) But, 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 But the man value the treasure highly. So he he decided, he said, I'm I'm, I'm, going to buy the field. I'm going to gain this treasure. And so then the text, verse 44, tells us about the funding (laughs) for the treasure. Now, when we look at the funding of this treasure, we got to look at two things. We got to look at the pleasure in the funding and the price in the funding. When we speak of the pleasure, we speak of the satisfaction, the happiness, the delight. Did you not know he got happy because he had to go and find some money? He didn't scratch his head and say, oh, my God, because he knew what he he knew the value so look at verse number 44. What it say? It says, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth 
all that he has. He wasn't crying. He was happy. Don't miss it. For joy he goeth, selleth all that he hath in order to buy the field. So to get enough money to buy the field, the man had to sell everything he had. Come on. He had to do like the old folks say, you got to sell out. <laughs> you got to sell out. That's what they meant by selling out. Did, did, just like this man did. He sold everything that he had in order to buy the field. And the striking feature in the funding is the joy in it. He did it with joy. Can I help us? Let's start doing what we do with joy. When we understand the value of eternal life, when we understand the value of being saved, when we understand the value of having Jesus in our life, it ought to bring about some joy. Come on here. Crucify yourself daily. Well, that, that ought to be with joy. Y'all ain't going to help me. Put, our, put your flesh under subjection. That ought to be with joy. <laughs> When we understand the value, Lord, help us understand the value of our salvation. The man did not begrudge getting rid of his assets. Why? Because he knew the value of the treasure. And he so desired it that it was a joy to sell everything, to get enough money to buy that field. Look at the price. Of course, the price is, we already said it, selleth all that he hath. That was the price. He had to sell everything. He had to sell out. That puts the right value on spiritual matters. Let me say that again. That this puts the right value on spiritual matters. Now, this does not teach us that, watch this, you can buy salvation. You can't buy salvation. Salvation is free. Rather, it teaches that, that spiritual matters are extremely valuable. And we should be willing to put sacrifice, willing to sacrifice everything to gain spiritually. We got to get to that point, beloved. Well, we're willing to sacrifice everything. We don't sing songs no more. I'd rather have Jesus than houses and land. We'd rather have the house and the land. And then say Jesus can come and live with us. No, we'd rather have Jesus. Because if I have Jesus, I have everything. I have everything that I need. Can I push the fast forward button? I'm going to hit the fast forward button. That man had to sell all that. He had to sell his Bentley. He had to sell his mansion. Some of y'all looking at this stuff and you look like you're lusting. You, some of y'all went like this. Oh, ooh. See, carnal. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you. My spiritual eyes saw you. <laughs> ooh, look at that car. No, sell it. <laughs> he had to sell his Bentley. He had to sell his mansion. He had to sell his diamond ring. Why? Because he understood that the treasure 
was worth way more than what he ever could have obtained. And so here's the application. Let me give you the application now to this parable. He sells all. That is, here's the meaning of that. I don't want nobody to go sell their car because they be calling me to pick you up. No, hold on to your car. You're going to be Ubering because you have the misinterpretation. <laughs> to sell all, let's put application. That is, he repents. There's a spiritual implication of this. The person repents and turns away from their formal life and they turn to God. Now there's two critical points right there in, in, in just that one statement that I just made. Two critical points. And here they are. The man is willing to sell and to give up all. You have to be willing to give up all. He's, he is willing to turn to God from all. Not only did he give up all, but he was willing to turn from all. He, he was willing to repent. And the reason he was willing to repent was to gain the priceless treasure he sold out. And then secondly, he is not only willing but he gives up and denies all, denies all. If any man would come after me, he must deny himself. He must deny everything that self wants and take up his cross and follow me. It means that we live a life of self Discipline, self-discipline. And when I speak of self-discipline, this involves the sacrifice of personal desires and ambitions. Come on, cravings and wants. God will take the want out of our lives. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Get more of Jesus and see what happens. We got, it's called self-discipline. You'll take the lust of, of possessions and it, it, basically it involves all of one's life. When we understand the value of the treasure and when we know that we found that treasure, we don't just put it up on the shelf. We don't jeopardize. That man didn't leave that treasure sitting on top of the ground why he went and sold everything, because the owner might have come out and found it. He hid it. We got to hide it. And then what he buys, when we look at that, he buys, that is he commits all and gives all to possess the treasure of salvation, 
In other words, the person knows something that is worth anything to lay hold of Christ. Therefore, the person presents his body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is his reasonable service. And he does it with joy. I don't want y'all to forget that part. He does it with joy. That is, he experiences the completeness and satisfaction of the treasure. In this case is Christ. When we, when, when, when we receive Jesus Christ, we ought to have joy because we're complete in him. Some things we just experience because we know Jesus. We experience abundant life. He said, I come that you might have what? Life and that you might have it more abundantly. Let me quote the scripture backwards. The thief cometh, but to steal, kill, and to destroy. I told you all Sunday about your snaky places. What are you going to choose to focus on? Are you going to focus on the on the killing and the stealing and the destroying? Or are you going to focus on the life giver? He said, I come to give you life. Not only do we experience abundant life through this treasure, but we experience completeness. I serve a God that does a complete work. God don't have to do anything. We're the only people that start something and won't finish it. We start two or three projects a day and don't get nothing completed. But now unto him who is able, my God, keep that which I've committed unto him. He's able to complete us. He's able to hold us. The Bible says you are complete in him. In other words, you ain't got to look nowhere else for joy. You don't have to look nowhere else for peace. You ain't got to look nowhere for love. You don't have to look nowhere for contentment and happiness. The Bible says we are complete in him. St. Luke Church and those that are on, let's find our completeness in Jesus Christ. And then he says that we experience the fruit of the spirit. You all know what comes along with that fruit. Huh? Singular, not plural. Singular fruit. Love, joy, peace, happiness. It's the fruit of the spirit. All of that becomes a part of our lives when we learn the value of the treasure. Well, let me get ready to let y'all go. I'll get ready to let y'all go for real. Matthew 16, 26, Mark 8, 36, Luke 9, 23 say the same thing. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will, what, 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 will, what will we trade our souls for? A good time? What will we trade our souls for? What would a man, what would a woman give in exchange for his soul? Huh? That's the message. Sacrificing all for eternity is no sacrifice at all. We, 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 we should have joy. You ought to be joy living holy because of the great blessings that we gain spiritually, the value of the kingdom of God.
I got good news for us here. I have good news. Y'all ready for the good news? Good news is you don't have to go into the field. The good news is you don't have to get no shovel and no pick. The good news is you don't have to dig for the treasure. Because Paul turns around and Paul tells us something. In 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 4 and 7. Paul says, but we, <laughs> talking about believers, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have it. What is this treasure that we have? It is the presence of God himself shining in the believer's earthly vessels in his heart and in our body. We have the treasure. Do you value the treasure? Have you hidden the treasure? Are you willing to sell out? Come on here, somebody. Are you ready? Are you willing to sell the field? Come on, buy the field. God's presence is a treasure. It's a priceless, precious treasure. And, and notice what God does with his treasure. He places it into these earthen vessels. In other words, God enters our bodies. Bodies that are, are like earthly vessels made of pottery or clay or glass. What happens to a glass if you if you drop it? You know it's going to crack and shatter and break up. That's just like some of us. We're frail. Come on, somebody. We're frail. Huh? Sometimes we don't know what day it is. <laughs> Come on. But God, in his infinite wisdom, and because of his faithfulness and his divine grace, he chose to put some treasure inside of us. That's his presence. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. That's why that man was able to have joy. You ought to have some joy. Joy is not predicated on what you have and how you feel. Your joy ought to be knowing that the presence of God is in your life. He put it in there. He put it in there. We were, we were so weak and worthless. We was, we was corrupt. God chose. Come on. God chose to put that treasure inside of us. God's presence is placed into these earthly bodies. And then why does he do it? And then I'm finished. We're done. Why does God do it? Why did God put his treasure in us? Not so that we could go out and obtain this. <laughs> That's not why he did it. I'm sorry, y'all. The purpose for entering our bodies, know ye not that ye are the temple, come on, of the Holy Ghost. That's where the, that's where the Holy Ghost dwells. The purpose for entering our bodies is to show his power. Don't miss this. It's to show his power by Overcoming all weaknesses. <laughs> Let me say that again. The purpose, the excellency 
of his of the power. It's to show. That's why he put it in these earthen vessels, these weak, no good vessels, because Gary can't do it. Gary can't live holy. Gary can't walk right. Come on here, somebody. Gary will cuss you out. Y'all ain't got to like me if you don't want to. I don't care. That's what Gary would do. But that's the purpose of the treasure being inside of us so that the power would activate by overcoming all of our weaknesses. Even death can't stop us because the same power that raised, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he's going to raise us up also. You see how excellent that is? That's excellent. My God, the excellency of the power is a picture of the grandeur, the, the glory, the preeminence of his power. It is the excellency, the great and overcoming power of God. We are overcomers. Do I have any overcomers on here tonight? Come on. Anybody say I'm an overcomer? I'm not a survivor. I'm an overcomer. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. And through the presence of God in my heart and in my body, it's the power that converts and transforms us into new creatures that causes all things to pass away and behold, all things become as new. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So the man goes in the field, finds the treasure. When he finds it, he hides it. Then he buys the field with joy because this man understands the value of the treasure. Let's understand the value of knowing God. Let's understand the value of being able to sign on for Bible study. Understand the value of being able to sign on for Bible Discovery Hour on Sunday mornings. Let's understand the value that if we're not working, we're not busy, get on Thursday for Zoom for seniors. There's value in that because we understand that spiritual matters are much better. They pay better dividends than our secular ones do. God, I thank you now for your goodness. I've held your people long enough here tonight. You declared that your word would not go forth void, but you're going to accomplish what you set out for it to accomplish. God, we thank you for the treasure that you've placed inside of us. Ah, uh, We bless your name. Help us, God, to value, to value what you've placed in us. Value your presence. Value the Holy Ghost. Value the opportunity to be able to pray to you. Let us not take it for granted, God. Help us value that you would even allow us to praise you, that you would even allow us to come before your presence. Help us to value, God, what you've done for us. Help us to value our salvation. And let us with joy, with joy, live a life free, separated from sin, with joy, God, knowing that the sacrifices that we make down here does not compare to the glory that shall be revealed 
not only in us, but also through us. And we thank you and we praise you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.